BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Come back! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. Level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Moranzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Thanks to Andrew McKinnis for kicking it with us. And uh, McKinnis just said to us on the way out, damn, man, that was a fast hour. And that's why we call it the quickest 100 minutes of sports talk radio. Moda Keel will join us. We'll talk some NBA basketball in a couple of minutes. It's always good breaking it down with Mo. He's a super smart guy. Steve Merrill, also a smart guy. He'll kick it with us in level three. Uh, tonight, so we got a full house still this evening. The Las Vegas Golden Knights beat the Dallas Stars four nothing. Aiden Hill's on fire right now. The Las Vegas Golden Knights, it's amazing. Like if you, you know what I mean. We talked about you don't need a star goalie, you just need a hot goalie. I think that it's the same thing. I think goaltending is a lot like um, closers in baseball. You don't need a Hall of Fame closer to win a World Series. You just need a dude that's dialed in and hot as hell. doesn't matter if he's not going to be good in two years, as long as he's dialed in right now for these two weeks. Right? That's what it's about. And it's amazing. Like, honestly, they were already, you know, they brought in Jonathan Quick, right? And he wasn't good enough. Like, they were down to, you know, the Brossois guy who had never played before. (laughs) And they're literally playing, like, East Coast Hockey League goalies. And these dudes are killing it. Like, Brossois was killing it. Like, Aiden Hill has just won, like, all these games in his debut. Since the postseason debut. Like, it, it's it's unbelievable. And it just continues. Vegas are playing great hockey right now. And pretty stupid and idiotic. I see the, um, I saw Dallas Star fans throwing stuff at the Vegas Golden Knights going on to the ice. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know what you think because you threw popcorn at the goalie or something that that's going to make him not like uh, good for you. He's got a shutout. Hope you're happy. <laughs> Hope you're happy. Now, the Miami Heat didn't get shut out, uh, but the Boston Celtics are still playing basketball uh, right now. And honestly, if you're the Denver Nuggets, you love this. And if you're the NBA, in hindsight, it was it was in the back of my mind a little bit. And I wasn't overly sold. I didn't hammer Miami tonight because I already have them in the series. But I don't buy into these every conspiracy theory that people talk about. Everything's rigged and this and that and every you know, everything's manipulated and Scott Foster this and Scott Foster that. The refereeing tonight did not decide the basketball game. You can't say that it did. 
you can argue with a couple of calls or, you know what I mean? There were a couple of questionable, you know, ball, like, you know, didn't go off of somebody. And, there, you know what I mean? There were a couple of bad calls in the game, but the Miami Heat didn't lose because of the bad officiating. Scott Foster's just a bad referee. But they, did, they, did, they didn't lose because of Scott Foster. But let's be real. If if the Miami Heat would have won tonight, there would have been no basketball for nine days. The NBA Finals do not start until next Thursday, no matter what. Like, it's set in stone. The NBA Finals start June 1st. So there, be, there, there's no turning back. So they like to get another game in and maybe another one. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Omarantz. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust up, and everybody else in between. There's a lot of stuff to unpack here tonight. We're going to talk NBA basketball in a couple of minutes with Mo DeKeel. Always good breaking it down with our boy Mo DeKeel. we got Steve Merrill going to step up and in a little bit later on. We'll talk about the baseball uh, scene, baseball card tonight and uh, tomorrow, what happened today, which leads us in to tomorrow's games. We'll get you caught up to date. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a market watch or check in with what the, the uh, updated uh, numbers are uh, right now in the divisions. Uh, but right now, it's about the association as the Boston Celtics are still going to be playing basketball. And I'm not Alex Jones. Far from it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't buy into all this, ooh, fake news and everything is rigged. And people think everything is rigged, right? Yeah, the NBA draft was rigged to help the San Antonio Spurs. And the NHL draft was rigged to help Chicago and everybody, you know. Everything, there's a conspiracy behind everything in today's uh, day and age. But I do buy into the fact that the NBA is definitely happy that the Boston Celtics won tonight. There'd be no, there's no basketball until June 1st. So, in other words, if you want to watch NBA basketball and you don't want to wait another nine days, then you should be happy the Boston Celtics won as well. But there's a difference between the NBA being happy that the series has been extended and the NBA manipulating it for the series to be extended. Everybody calls Scott Foster, you know, the extender, right? <laughs> and... I'm not going to, you know, I can't question it. There's, it seems to be a coincidence all the time that this guy shows up. But whatever, Scott Foster shows up in all the big games. He's a terrible referee, and the NBA love him for one reason or another. And that's really something. If I actually got to sit down with Adam Silver, that'd probably be the, the one question. If I got one question, I like honestly, not like in a scrum, but if I get a real answer from him and a follow-up and stuff, I'd ask him, like, how is it or why is it? Do you Are you trolling? Like, are you trolling NBA players and NBA fans by rolling out the worst possible referees in the biggest games all the time? Because that's what they do. That's what they do. If a referee is famous, he's not good. Point blank. There's a bunch of, like, unknown, very good referees in the NBA. But they don't manipulate games and hang around with Tim Donahue, so they don't get work. Got to be part of that Philly cartel. This is sports rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The late night anger match request continues. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gabriel Moretzi, Sirius XM Channel 159 of the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be, kicking it uh, this evening. Let's do this thing. One Mo Thing style. Mo DeKeel steps up and in. A Bleacher Report, The Athletic, a former video coordinator for the Clippers, the Spurs, the Australian men's basketball team, USC alum, and does some great YouTube videos as well. Mo, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Oh, no, thank you for having me, Gabe. You know I'm always happy to pop on with you. Hey, we always look forward to having you. So let's start off with the Denver Nuggets uh, right now. And, you know, a lot is going to be talked about Nikola Jokic and how amazing he is, and justifiably so. Eight postseason triple-doubles, surpassing Will Chamberlain for most in NBA postseason history, and we haven't even played the finals yet. But by following you on Twitter and watching your videos, one of the big reasons besides Jokic that the Denver Nuggets won this series and win the series is that they aren't as good as they are because they're a pretty smart basketball team, aren't they, Mo? As in their players have high basketball IQs and they seem to be at the right place at the right time and they do a lot of little things that aren't in the box score that add up and help them win games. I mean, their IQ is is really off the charts across the board. I mean, guys like... You know, Jamal Murray's a high IQ player. Aaron Gordon's a high IQ player. KCP, Bruce Brown, like guys that we wouldn't really even, role players that we talk about often are all high IQ players and understand what's going on. I think the one thing, too, with the Nuggets that doesn't get talked about too much or, or, or too often is also how great of a coach Michael Malone is. He's a great coach. We never talk about him in that sense. But he's up there as one of the top three coaches in the NBA. I don't think there's a way to deny it, and I think you have to look at it and I think when you're when you're watching the Nuggets, you see it. He knows the right cards to play. He knows the right moves to make, and and he puts them in the great sets. Of course, it does help having a guy like Jokic, who is essentially a coach on on the floor, right? But let me ask you about Malone because he seems to be pretty old school and pretty hard ass. We know you know he is with the referees, obviously. But you've been around basketball players. It's funny. I'll compare a football analogy. Uh, you know, Kyle Turley was a buddy of mine, and uh, you know, he played in the National Football League. And um, you know Rex Ryan. So Rex Ryan's a you know, you know, raw raw type of guy, big time players type of guy. And I once asked him, I said, uh, "Would you like to play for him? Seems like the type of guy that you would like to play for." And he goes, "Nah, he's too raw raw. He's too much of a fan." He goes, "Be honest." He goes, "You need a, you need a hard ass, you know, to get through to people." And 
is it your your feeling that the Denver Nuggets players, because not all players can handle the way Malone is, but it seems like the Nugget players have thick skin and they embrace it and they understand that this is what it takes. They need to be called out sometimes. A lot of players can't handle that. No, a lot of players can't handle it. And I think sometimes that's the right coaching style and sometimes it's the wrong coach for the wrong team, you know, and every team has a different style of coach that they need and whatnot. And and sometimes you do need the rah-rah guy. I'm I'm, I'm not an absolutist in all of this, but I think for this squad and this team, I think Michael Malone has the full understanding of how to coach these guys. And, and, and he really does know how to get the most out of them. And I think the guy to look at the most who has grown under all of this is actually Michael Porter Jr. Do you remember, Gabe, like in the bubble, him complaining about not getting enough shots, literally in the conference finals and saying, I need to get more shots, I need to get more opportunities and things like that. He wasn't a solid defender. Look at the way he's developed now under Michael Malone, under this the, the the tough coaching and, and tough love with all of those things. He's hit some big shots. He's gotten more opportunities, but he hasn't gotten a whole ton of them. And I think he's been an unbelievable defender. And I think that's also gotten overlooked for a large part of this season. And I think just seeing that growth, that's from Michael Malone. That's from Coach Malone's. I'm sorry. I keep saying Michael Malone constantly. His full name, but it's because I'm so afraid to call him Mike. Um, the, uh, well, it ain't Moses, uh, so you can say Michael. <laughs> yeah, but I think the uh, but I think that's part of his coaching and 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 his his being able to reach to guys. And you can't always be a fire and brimstone guy and things like that. And I don't think that's what he is all the time. And I think there's there's a lightheartedness with it as well. We're just not going to get to see that. And I think he's the perfect coach for this team right now. You know, it's a great point as far as Michael Porter Jr. is concerned. There was a play earlier in the series. He went up. He fought for the ball. I think he ended up on the ground, and it, it popped out to Caldwell Pope, who popped it out to Murray, and it just it led to a bat. It was literally like everybody touched the ball by diving for the ball, fighting for the ball, getting the loose ball, then passing the ball. They always find that right shot. But as far as Porter is concerned, I mean, let's be real. He seemed like a selfish kid, right? You know, like he wanted it given to him. I have all the talent in the world. How come you don't give me more shots? Complaining about COVID, complaining about the bubble, complaining about vaccinations, and just generally complaining about everything. And now you see him out there doing little things on the floor. We know he can shoot the three ball. Yet what I loved about I saw a quote when he got taken out of the game late. He goes, I don't care what happens. I'm just trying to win a championship with this group. He's completely bought in. And if he, if you got him to buy in, I got to imagine everyone else is 150% in if he's 100% in. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of what I say, the, the, the phrase that I drive my, my podcast mates nuts with this one. Coaching is a sales job. You always have to be selling the plan. Yeah. And you have to get the buy-in from the players. And, you know, the, the, the coaches who have gotten let go, a lot of them. And you can get, Mo, and sorry, you know, Mo, that you can get the buy-in from some players, but not all players. I had a coach once tell me, he said, you know, the key goes, he goes, you know, Gabe, 33 was a hockey coach in the NHL, Guy Carboneau. He was like a Hall of Famer type dude. Like, and he told me, he goes, you know, 33% of the team hates you. 33% of the team likes you because you believe in them. And he goes, it's your job to keep the 33% away from the ones that don't like you. But, right. like, not everyone's always going to have the same opinion on a coach and buy in, but it seems like the Nuggets collectively as a team really have. 
Yeah, and I think that's I think that's something we can probably go down the line of NBA champions and say this team totally bought into whatever the coach is selling. You know, the um, Eric Spolster had a great quote I think after Game Three or Game Two, and talking about just having the commitment to go do it. He's like, you can draw up whatever you want defensively, but you have to have the commitment to go do it. And I think that's part of it in terms of coaching is. Whatever you're selling, you need to be, be committed to it and make sure that the guys understand it. And getting that commitment and that buy-in is what really kind of helps push – it helps separate the, the great teams from the good teams. Mo DeKeel kicking with us. All right, Mo, I want to get your, your take on everything moving forward, uh, but let me ask you about the LeBron stuff. Are you buying in that he's actually contemplating retirement or is this just an emotional man after losing a playoff series? This is an emotional guy. This is a tough right after uh, uh, getting swept in a game that he played really well in. I thought, you know, played a total of forty-five minutes. Like it was, it was played all but four four seconds in the first half. Like this, it's one of those things where I think just emotionally he was drained and and exhausted and whatnot. I don't buy him retiring. I do buy him seeing the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, he's been in the league 20 years. Like this is what we're talking about. But after a whole year of, I want to play with my son and so on. And, and really that kind of being almost a year away, I just can't see him willing to uh, hang it up and retire. Uh, I might be in my words later, but I just don't see that happening. I said last night, if you would have told Laker fans you're going to beat the, I think it was a hell of a run. You beat the Memphis Grizzlies. You beat the Golden State Warriors. You have some great memories and bragging rights. You shut up the punk kids in Memphis. Uh, you beat the legends. Uh, you beat the legends in the Bay. You fell short. You weren't a championship caliber team. Sometimes you have to know who you are. I thought it was a hell of a run for the L.A. Lakers. From where they were and where they ended up, I think it was a hell of a run. I often remind my Laker fans, just think about what we were talking about when this team was two and 10 and utterly unwatchable. (laughs) Like they, you couldn't, I I watch basketball for a living. It was a hard watch watching this team. It was difficult. And I've watched some bad games, Gabe. They were a tough watch. And now you look at the run that they had and they went from being a pretty unlikable team to a really fun team exciting and and whatnot and i think there's a a lot of stuff you know with the trades and the moves they made this is an unbelievable run and for them to get to the conference finals like yeah you fell short you didn't get to the championship this is a hell of a run it's something to be excited and and and, and to kind of enjoy more with mo tequila on the other side this is sports rage SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. 
VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The late night anger management class. This is Sports I am Gabriel Morenci, the Pimps, the Players, the Hustlers, the people of Bustle, and everybody else in between on the Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including anybody here, 1090 ESPN Radio, SoCal in the house. And let's talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, right now as we have Steve Merrill in the house uh, with us as well. WagerTalk.com, ProSportsInfo.com. So, Steve, the, uh, the Dodgers went to Atlanta. After playing the, uh, the the St. Louis Cardinals, not exactly the easiest scheduling situation, and they played like a day game before against the Twins when they went uh, to the Midwest, and uh, they were small underdogs, and the Dodgers are rarely underdogs, but they were like plus 130 in the first game of the series, and I took them out of principle because they were plus 130, and there was nothing overpowering about the Braves, and I didn't think the Dodgers could win the baseball game. And they had Gavin Stone on the hill, and that's why the number was what it was. And now tonight, they called up their number one pitching prospect in Bobby Miller, who had never pitched uh, in the big leagues uh, before. But you and I talk about this, Steve. These pitchers that have never been seen before actually have an advantage. I think a lot of maybe newer betters or some people think, wow, this guy, whatever, he's going to be nervous or he's uh, he's, he's getting called up. He's going to get rattled. It's his first start. And baseball, you know, the hitters need to see pitchers' pitches a couple of times and before they start to figure it out. And a great team like the LA Dodgers were plus 170 tonight, Steve. So this my question is, and I my theory is sometimes you just have to play the number, Steve, uh, when you're with with a team as good as the Dodgers and when you're getting a number that high like that. Yeah, and that number was purely based on the pitching situation. And we talk about it so often, Gabe, about how the odds makers still over just for pitchers. And, I, you know, I like to look at offensive momentum. Dodgers are hitting the ball well right now. They've put up like five runs or more in like five of their last six games, I think. And, by the way, the reason Miller was such a big underdog tonight, a couple reasons. Uh, last week, um, Dustin May gets injured, and manager Dave Roberts says that they're not going to call Miller up because he's not ready yet. And then Urias gets hurt a few days later, and they have to call him up. This guy had four starts at AAA this year with a 5.65 ERA. So his stuff had not been good even at the AAA level. And, of course, like you said, what does he do? He goes out five innings tonight, gives up one earned run, and only four hits, five strikeouts, one walk. So just remarkable how well he pitched. And, um, yeah, we'll see if he can continue to do it. But to be honest, the fade might be in a game or two, though, if he really doesn't have big league material yet. But it looked like he did tonight. And and also Spencer Strider is a big-time public pitcher right now. And I get it. People love his strikeout props, and he cashed again tonight with his strikeout props, but he didn't win the baseball game uh, tonight. And you look at uh, his start against the Texas Rangers. Steve, he went five innings, um, four earned runs. He gave up six hits. He gave up two home runs. Yeah, he had seven strikeouts. You know, the game against the Toronto Blue Jays, they lost that game. He had 12 strikeouts. So there's, it's not an automatic that the Braves are going to win the game because Strider is on the hill right now either. And he's kind of overpriced. 
Yeah, he gave up two run runs in six innings, but he actually was, like you said, 11 strikeouts, which is, you know, fantastic. But only five hits, but he did have three walks. And that's something that gets overlooked a lot of times is, you know, putting guns on base is basically as good as a hit in my book. So um, eight hits and walks combined is kind of what did him in tonight. So let's do we talk often about these um, the unusual situations when you're talking about some uh, some afternoon uh, baseball on Wednesday afternoons. But I like the Texas Rangers tonight. They lost the first game to the um, to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So the Rangers and the Pirates play again early start at uh, 1230 Eastern time. Perez gets lit up, but he's one of these pitchers that gets a lot of run support because the Rangers are pretty explosive. So even though he's been hit hard, they actually win when he's on the hill most of the time. They're small favorites, minus 126. The total is nine. What's your take on the Rangers and the Pirates game? Yeah, the Rangers have been a play-on team for me all season. Uh, you know, when we talked preseason, I mentioned they were kind of a play-on team. Them and Miami, I thought, would both benefit from the new rule changes. But Pitt, uh, Texas is a left-handed heavy lineup that really benefits from the shifts not being allowed anymore. And uh, playing excellent baseball now, 30-18 and 18 on the season. Uh, Pirates had the second best record in baseball less than a month ago, but they're now down 25 and 23. Uh, they did start playing a little bit better here over the past week or so. And uh, like you said, these early starts are tricky on getaway day, but both offenses in pretty good current form. Texas had 24 runs in those two games against Colorado, and now they've put up 10 the last two against Pittsburgh. So you got to like the over, maybe a Texas team total over as well. We talk about betting on hot teams. A hot team right now is as hot as the weather in the summer. Uh, from where they're from, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks just keep winning baseball games, four in a row right now, eight of the last ten. Uh, Steve winning on the road uh, as well against the Philadelphia Phillies, and this is a classic case of a uh, falling knife and a speeding bullet because the D-backs are hot and the Phillies are cold. Yeah, and, and Arizona was a play-on team in the preseason as well for many cappers that I respect, and um, I was looking at them as well. And then, of course, Philly kind of automatically had to be a little bit of a play against this year. After making it all the way to the World Series, keep in mind they only finished third in their own division. They only had, like, what was it, 88 wins last year, and they made that run to the finals. So definitely two teams I thought might be heading in opposite directions. And in baseball, you know, we don't talk about a lot of situational handicapping, but you did get that matchup here. Arizona squeaks out the 4-3 win here on Tuesday night, and this is a team that's now won, if I'm not mistaken, nine of their last 11, and they've been a small favorite in a lot of those games, even a dog at times. Philly, meanwhile, has dropped, um, I think it's now seven of their last nine. So like you said, two teams really head in opposite directions. Right, Chicago and Cleveland is not a series that I've really wanted to get involved with just because I don't really see an edge anywhere. But I will say it's hard to trust the Guardians right now laying minus 148. Doesn't mean we have to take the White Sox, but I wouldn't be taking the Guardians here. Yeah, we talked about San Diego's understreak the last few weeks. Uh, Cleveland, uh, the White Sox, meanwhile, continue to go under the total. Uh, they go under, I think they've gone under now 10 of their last 11 with a push. So like 10-1-1 one and one, and another ugly 4-2 game on Tuesday night. Uh, Cleveland not exactly smacking the ball either. They've had four runs or less now in four straight games and in seven of their last eight. So uh, once again, weird things can happen on these Wednesday games, uh, but it's hard not to look at the under. The last time uh, Joe Ryan was on the Hill, it was a big hipster pick. Everybody loved the Minnesota Twins. And we're seeing San Francisco go into Minnesota and uh, and surprise everybody and keep winning games uh, right now. We were just talking about, you know, riding hot hands and, and betting against the cold hands. And Minnesota on a little bit of a losing streak, three in a row. The Giants are on a little bit of a winning streak at three in a row uh, right now. But this does feel like a Minnesota spot tomorrow, but it is minus 175 right now. 
Yeah, but like you said, the Giants are hot. They've now won seven of their last eight games, a 4-3 win tonight. And the Minnesota struggling offensively, as is often the case. Teams that are not playing well are not putting up runs. Uh, this is a team that scored uh, four runs or less now in five of their last six games, three runs or less in four of those six. Um, yeah, you know, but once again, like you, you've pointed this out, Gabe, and I totally agree with you. These Wednesday games, you know, can be a little dicey at times. And we see things, especially these early daytime starts. Keep in mind, this is a 10 a.m. start for the Giants on their body clocks, uh, Pacific time, a one o'clock Eastern start on Wednesday. But with that said, San Francisco would be the preferred side. So we had a couple of blowouts, although Milwaukee and Houston's not quite the same blowout as the Toronto Blue Jays. What do you make of that when a team puts up 20 runs and wins 20 to one? (laughs) Are they going to be hot the next day? Are they, did they, did they, did they score too many runs tonight? What's your, what's your feel for that? It's Kikuchi versus McClanahan, and the Rays are two to one favorites uh, here. One thing we know about the Blue Jays, they're incredibly streaky. Their players are streaky. They're streaky. They'll lose four in a row. They'll, their players will struggle and not hit the baseball, and then they'll light it up. Guerrero had six RBIs tonight. I don't know. Does it carry over? But they are pretty big underdogs here at plus 168, and the total is eight in this game. Interesting, Steve, you have a total of eight after teams come by for 21. And what's also interesting, this line has really risen. I saw a early line this afternoon is minus 170. Now it's as high as minus 195, like you said, two to one now. Um, so even though they got blown out, the money's come in on Tampa here overnight, heading into Wednesday morning. Um, Toronto's a play on team for me, though. I'd mentioned this earlier today. It was actually the free play I posted at wagertalk.com for Tuesday night it was the over in this game. And one of the reasons I liked the over eight and a half was because I mentioned in my analysis that even though Toronto had lost seven of eight, uh, they're hitting the ball. They've had 33 hits the last three losses, even though they lost those games. You put up 33 hits, good things are going to happen. And obviously that offense was heating up with 20 runs tonight. And, of course, Tampa averaging six runs per game this season. They're not going to have many one-run games uh, when they only score one run. But this is a team that's now, I think, 7-9 and nine, their last 16 after that monster start. We all kind of knew that Pittsburgh was going to come back down to earth. We also knew that Tampa was due to correct. And I think we've also felt like Toronto's due to play well at some point. So maybe we're seeing that turn right now with a – play on Blue Jay team against a Tampa team that was due to cool off. And one of those teams as well that we discussed, the St. Louis Cardinals. And right on cue, they've started to light it up. And and especially offensively, as you stated, Steve, you know, everybody always talks about the pitching handicap and the pitchers, starting pitchers, and don't discuss the bullpen enough. And actually, ironically enough, don't discuss current form as far as offense, Steve. And clearly right now, the Cardinals are in good form. I know they've they've faced off against a couple of gas can pitchers, but they've taken advantage of it, and they've also put up runs against good pitchers as well. This Cardinals offense is hot right now. Yeah, and I've done research on this. You know, even though, you know, sometimes it's the level of pitcher, obviously, one game or other. That's why you want to look at five or seven games as a big picture because, I mean, St. Louis is a perfect example of this. They put up 16 runs against Urias, and then they get shut out against Gonsolin last week, right? And then they put up 6-10-5, you know, right after that. So, you take out that shutout loss, they're crushing the ball. They've had like five runs or more in every Don't forget game. about that Boston that Boston uh, weekend, too. Right. They, they've been putting runs up for a couple of weeks now. And you and I talked about it, too, like a few weeks ago. It, it just didn't look right. Pittsburgh's in first, St. Louis is in last. We kind of knew something was going to change there. And uh, so, for the record, the St. Louis Cardinals are minus 164. Both the games have gone over in this um, in this series so far here. Cardinals are minus 164 favorites right here. They generally do beat the Reds and take advantage. The one thing the Cardinals are good at, beating the bad teams in their division. What do you think about the Cardinal game on the way out here? Yeah, Cincinnati's now lost seven of their last nine. So, yes, St. Louis team total over is probably not a bad way to look also. 
Steve Merrill. Always a pleasure. You can follow him on Twitter, at Steve Merrill. Follow him uh, over at Wager Talk. Uh, see the daily videos, picks, shows, podcasts, and everything else in between. Steve, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thanks, man. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. That's the dumbest bet I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree. Oh, trust me, we've had dumber. This is Portraits. I am Gabe over the pets, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Always great stuff. Kicking it down uh, with um, Mo DeKeel, uh with us. Always enjoy talking hoops uh, with Mo. A lot of stuff to break down, a lot of stuff to unpack from what we talked about. But if anybody, we talked about this earlier, about the um, about the NBA and the NBA Finals only starting on June the 1st. There wouldn't be any basketball for like nine days. It's a long time. Out of sight, out of mind. So I think the NBA is happy that this series has been extended. And of course, um, game... Game five is Thursday night, and you know they'd like it to be extended into the weekend as well. The Boston Celtics are seven-and-a-half-point favorites uh, in this basketball game. And you know who else would like to see this series get extended? The Denver Nuggets. And I talked about mitigating injury and mitigating risk by winning this basketball game tonight. And what happened tonight, man? Gabe Vincent got hurt. Now, it appears that he's okay. He came back. But that's what I'm talking about. You know, the longer you're on the court, the, nothing good can happen. The Miami Heat made the uh, the NBA Finals a couple of years ago, but were absolutely depleted by the time they got there and played against the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's sort of one thing that I thought that, you know, Coach Spo and Spolstra – Coach Polstra is really aware of he's a smart guy that nothing good can happen by playing another game. So, you know what I mean? Like, what, what positive can come from this by going to Boston? Nothing. There's no silver lining in this whatsoever. Now you we've extended the series. 
And now somebody could get hurt now suddenly, even if we win the game, somebody could get hurt. It's another game we don't need to play. And what if we lose this game on Thursday? Then suddenly there's another game. And if you're Denver, I don't think players, like me as a better, I can't speak for everybody, but I don't ever cheer for injury, right? Number one, dude, like it's, you know, you don't want to wish pain and injuries on others. It's bad karma. (laughs) Number two, number two, Whatever, like, what do you want to wish injury on other other players and stuff? Like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, your players can get hurt too, right? Like, so I, I never wish injury on anybody, and I don't think I don't think um, most professional players do. Every once in a while, you hear a football player say, "Oh, it'll be better if the quarterback got hurt." Like, they'll admit it, right? You know, but there's a difference between saying, "Yeah, we're better off if that guy's not playing." So, like, the, like the, if you're the Denver Nuggets, this is what I'm saying. If you're the Nuggets. You're not saying to each other while you're going to the morning practices now and hanging out together, you know what? I really hope Jimmy Butler, like, twists his ankle and he's out for the rest of the year. I think Kendrick Perkins was the only one. He was the one I was thinking about. Kendrick Perkins told a story about that where he said that he hopes LeBron is, like, super sick and, like, tears his ACL and then whatever. And even his own teammate said to him, man, you don't really mean that, do you? And he said, yeah, yeah, I actually do. <laughs> like, but most guys won't. You know, I mean, they're buddies. They play together. Like, they have the same agents. They have the same shoe deal. They play together on the, the Olympic team or whatever. So they're not, like, hoping, oh, yeah, man, I hope, like, LeBron shreds his knee and then we can win the series because he's going to be out. But at the same point in time, it's not going to be said, but Denver are going to be kicked back, and it's going to be sort of that, well, you know, we'll see what happens now in the next couple of games for these teams. Like, if you're Denver, you want these guys going seven. You want them beating the crap out of each other. You want them, like, left for dead. Everybody gets hurt along the way. I'm just being real, right? You want them to play seven games. You want them to be exhausted and you hope that a bunch of people get, like, suspended and injured, right? But you don't say it publicly. But you're just thinking, you know, I don't want the guy to die or anything. But, yeah, it'd be a lot better if everybody got hurt on their team. It would be. People, like, they don't care about that legacy stuff. Oh, you know what? Like, oh, they didn't have their full line. Like I said, it's funny. Like, people will handpick and, like, select when they will they will get upset about that. Like, me as a Raptor fan, I, I've heard it a million times. You always hear, oh, well, you know, Golden State were really injured, right? Like, yeah, well, it's funny because Golden State were really injured against Portland. And they swept Portland in the Western Conference Finals. And everybody said how they're better without KD. And then the Raptors beat them. It's like, well, you know, KD wasn't there for the first two games. And, you know, it was like, oh, you know, the big excuse. But you'll notice nobody ever talks about the Miami Heat not having anybody in the finals. They were, like, done, done. Like, I remember how anticlimactic it was. It was like, oh, it's going to be a pretty good finals. Oh, yeah, no, wait, Bam Adebayo's out. Yeah, Tyler Hero's out. Um, Jimmy Butler's out. Um, it was, it, dude, they had no one. They, they, they had no one left when they played that finals. You know, everybody was basically up by the end of it. They were, you know what I mean? They got, they, it wasn't like a fair sort of, it wasn't a fair matchup. And the Lakers beat them. And I'm not taking anything away from the Lakers. In the same way, I wouldn't take anything away from the Raptors. I've heard a lot of people and players talk about it and experts or people I respect say that every year that's going to happen. 
There's going to be teams that have injuries, some teams that don't. Get out your violin. That's pro sports. It's a war of attrition. And another thing, it's called depth. You know, all these teams that build their teams around one and two players, they all implode. Look at the Denver Nuggets. People talk, well, the Nuggets aren't, like, super deep. They're not super deep, but they're super talented. You know, like, I've talked about the Nuggets, and, and me and Mo were just talking about their basketball IQ. I talked about this last week. Like, people talk about Jokic all the time, and rightfully so. He's amazing. Jamal Murray's really raised his game. Murray's, like, already been, like, really, really, really good. But this is, like, next level, this little mini run he's on right now. But, like, Aaron Gordon was the fourth overall pick in the NBA draft. Michael Porter Jr., who Mo was just praising. Michael Porter Jr. was, like, one of the, you know, biggest prospects and badass this and AAU that and all this. Like, they've done a good job of, uh, you know, getting these guys that are super good athletes. Like, people don't realize their athleticism, the, the Denver Nuggets. Like, Aaron Gordon's one of the best dunkers in the history of the NBA. We all know he got screwed over um, in, in, in a dunk contest. Like, Aaron Gordon's super athletic. Jamal Murray is, is more well-rounded than I think people give him credit for, including myself. And, I, you know, I like Jamal. I'm a big fan of his game. But he used to be more of just like a three-point shooter. Now, if his three-point shot isn't there, he'll take it to the rack. He'll pass the ball. He doesn't force his shots when he's cold. You know what I mean? Some guys have that, well, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm cold. I'm going to shoot anyways because that's what I do. He won't do that. You know, he'll be like, listen, I've, ta- I've taken four threes. I didn't hit any of them. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? No, I'm passing you the ball. You know, if I get hot later, I'll take them. But I'm not doing it now. Like, he doesn't. They let the game come to them. Like, I think that's a good way of putting it with Denver. They don't force it. Jokic lets the game come to him. Then he sort of becomes that maestro conductor. Malone does a great job of sort of staying on top of them as far as effort, effort, effort. Because it should be noted as far as Denver is concerned, they really weren't a great defensive team over the past couple of years. That was their problem. Jokic's conditioning wasn't great. The full effort wasn't there. Uh, on defense, they weren't quite as athletic. They were tenacious. They had some guys, you know, the Gary Harris's and the, you know, the Will Bartons of the world. But they're more athletic now. And unlike Doncic, who doesn't seem to be getting sick of losing, Jokic, I think, got tired of it. Right? Like he said, I don't care about MVPs. Right? He said, I want to win. And I think he realized, I got to sort of, you know, get in a little bit better shape. You'll notice his conditioning's better. He's not huffing and puffing nearly as much. Now, from a from a betting perspective, we were pretty we've been pretty good at giving you sound financial investment advice. Doesn't mean that I haven't done some pretty stupid things over the last couple of days, but it all started with me putting an extra zero on a bet that I don't want to talk about. I'll tell the story one day, but I'm not ready to. I'm really not happy about it. And that's why I've been on this crazy like chase thing trying to win it back. Um, by getting really crazy, which I've been doing, <laughs> which which I've been doing. But we were talking about the futures last night, and I said, look, the Miami Heat are like plus 290. But I said, if you think Boston are going to win, but you like the Miami Heat to win the NBA Finals, wait, and let's see how this plays out. And I'm going to say the same thing once again, because the, the number has been, you know, it's, it's interesting how it's come down, actually, it, which... 
the Denver Nuggets number has come down, even though they haven't played. I talked about that last night, how fascinating this is, if you follow it from, like, a stock market thing. Because some people, I think, you know, some people aren't, aren't very bright or they're just trolls and stuff. And they're like, oh, well, Marenzi, you talked about taking this team at plus 400, but they're losing. Now you're talking about this other team. Yeah, it's called building a stock portfolio. And over the course of a playoff run, there's going to be these wild swings where you can get multiple teams at plus money. And then the, the ultimate goal is you get the, multi, the multiple teams of plus money that end up playing each other after. So a good example is Denver. Remember last night, we're like, wow, Denver. And I told you it'll come down because people always remember what they saw last. It was minus 290 last night. So obviously Denver have not done anything. Nothing bad has happened to them since they have beaten the Lakers. Yet it went from 290 to 210. It's 210 right now. Why? Because the Boston Celtics have now won a game and are back in it. And because if the Boston Celtics end up in the NBA Finals, they won't be nearly, the the price won't be anywhere the same as it will be if the Denver Nuggets play the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. The Nuggets are going to be big, big favorites against the Heat. They won't be against the Boston Celtics. So you see, we've already had an 80%, 80 cent drop right away tonight. Denver went from 290 to 210. Very intriguing. If you like Denver and you missed you missed out on the good number, it's almost there right now. So where I'm going to go with this is we need to wait one more time. You need to step back one more time here because I think Boston are going to win at home. Boston generally choke in games like this. I don't think they do in this spot. They didn't against Philadelphia. I don't think Boston are going to win the series, though. I think Boston are going to win the game on Thursday, and then they're going to lose when they go back to Miami. Miami will not let it go back to seven. Uh, they don't. They won't go back to Boston again. I think they lose on Thursday and then wrap things up over the weekend. So, therefore, we just saw an 80-cent drop on the line for Denver. Now we need to wait some more. Boom. Boston beats uh, Miami again. Suddenly it drops like another 80 cents, 70 cents or whatever, and it becomes 140, 150, what, what not, depending, you know, on the, you know, in that range. And then you hammer the Denver Nuggets because the Miami Heat are going to end up beating the Boston Celtics in six games when it's all said and done. So you always got to sort of stay a step ahead and not do like pull the trigger on something. But I'll say this, if you think Miami are going to beat Boston in the next game, but you think you like Denver, then pull the trigger now. Because I explained this last night, and here's the, the evidence that I was right. The lines will move big time without Denver playing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide 
at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Brantz. to fix the players, the officers, the people that bust them. Everybody else in between. So the Celtics have extended the series. And as we stated, I think it's a, uh, it's a good thing um, for everybody. Even though, listen, if you had the Miami Heat tonight, we got the Miami Heat in the series and all that. But there wouldn't have been any NBA basketball for nine days. At least this way, if it ends on Thursday, which I don't think it will. But if it does, then it sets up. Then, hey, the NBA Finals are one week away. If it gets extended, if this series goes on, uh, we will play a game on Saturday night and then we would play again on Monday. And as I stated earlier, the Denver Nuggets would like nothing more than this series to go seven games and have these teams have to play on Thursday in Denver in the altitude. So the Nuggets were pulling for the Boston Celtics tonight and or though, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm sure they probably wouldn't. They're not going to publicly admit this stuff, but I'm sure even though Miami have looked as good as they do, they would rather play the the Miami Heat. So ideally, if you're the Nuggets, you'd like it to go seven and Miami win in seven. But I'm sure they probably, they like I said, they're not going to say it publicly, but let's be real, right? When you see the Miami Heat lose, they actually look like the team that you kind of think that they should be. You know what I mean? Like, not that good, right? It's like, oh, boy, here's Kyle. You know, Kyle Lowry needs to hit a three here right now. And, you know, Bam Adebayo is drilling the ball off his foot. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is, like, an amazing player, and, like, his dedication and his work ethic and all this is awesome. Yeah, let's be real. Like, he's, he played sort of, like, offensively, he's played over his head. And Jimmy hit a wall tonight. But we've seen Miami look bad, bad in, in isolated games during the playoffs and completely erase that and get right back on track the next game. This is Portrait Radio. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.